something not heard on a deathbed. I wish I would have spent less time with people that I cared about. Right? I mean, it makes complete sense. We get it, especially if we look from the deathbed backwards. But how are you feeling about the time you're spending with your friends? With those that you really care about? with those who bring out the best in you. I'm guessing, if you're anything like most of the people that I talk to, that, that there's a little bit of an ache somewhere. A little bit of regret, perhaps. Maybe even some guilt in there, hopefully not too much, about the fact that for most of us who are still in the working world, that our work eats up a lot of our lives. And it often precludes us from being with the people that we actually care about the most. Because unfortunately, for some of us at least, in our work, we're not necessarily working with people that we tremendously like very much. Right? I mean, let's be honest. I talk to a lot of people who, you know, you... You don't quit jobs, you quit managers. You quit, you quit the culture. You quit the way you're being treated. And also then, our relationships get pushed because we have all this social media stuff that we're doing. And supposedly, you know, I, I have 500 friends on Facebook. Well, how much time do I spend on Facebook? Almost none anymore, but... Do I really know those 500 friends? Well, they're maybe acquaintances, some of them, most of them. There's a small circle that are people that I really, you know, connect with and whatever, but generally not over Facebook. The, the best relationships that, that I have, thank goodness, are the ones that, where I'm physically present with people, where we're in each other's lives. And, I, and I've been blessed over, over the past number of years that I, I have a couple of friends in my life that we make a point that at least once a month, we get together, just the two of us, to talk about life and love and work and faith and, and, and all, the, all the things. But I didn't always have that in my life. It took effort. It took a focus. It took that yearning and that ache that I finally had to say, I want to spend more time with you. And as a man... As a heterosexual man, to say to another heterosexual man, I want to spend more time with you, that's like a sort of weird, at least still in this culture for the most part. But because of the people that I chose and because of the people that I knew and the people that I've sort of brought into my life, they were like, absolutely, I need that so bad. And so I've been really blessed. Our God is a Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. Our God is a relationship. And our God created us to be in relationship. Not just, not just amorous, love, marital type relationships, but relationships all over the place. And to see those relationships as places where we can be challenged, where we can be comforted, 
where we can grow in our faith. And God promised that God would also be part of those relationships. And when we invite God into those relationships, it often makes them take on a different character. When God created that first mud man, you know, Adam, a little bit later, God created the animals and and all of that and had all the animals come before Adam and, and Adam named them and and but God said, but there's not a suitable companion. There's not someone for Adam to be in relationship with. These animals are fine, but even though most people today would say that they like their dog better than their person, but that's another thing. And so in the creation story then, Eve is created to be that partner. And Eve, the companion, comes from the man. I love, I love that part. Sometimes that gets misused, but I love that, I love that part that, that we're part of each other. We are literally part of each other. We are made from the same stuff of the universe. I've talked before that we are all made of stardust. We, we, our atoms are in relationship with each other already. And yet because we have this, these, this flesh on us, we think that we're all separate and different. I even had a conversation this very morning where we, we were talking about how being in relationship with people and just talking about, you know, most people most people want the same things. They want to be heard. They want to be listened to. They want to be treated with dignity and respect. Just as a baseline. They may want lots of other things, but on that level, most of the time, as I'm in a relationship with people or, or doing committee work or whatever, it's when one person or a group of people feels like they're not being listened to, they're not being heard, they're not being respected, that there's lots of trouble. Because then we get angry, because we're not really sure, because we're not, we're not in a deep enough relationship. We don't have enough trust in the relationship to actually have the conversation about what's really going on here. Is there a way to make it better? And if there isn't, okay, how do we deal with that? So our God is a relationship, and so we believe that there's just this dynamic between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit that animates everything in the universe. That there's this, as some have written about it, this divine dance that goes on that you and I are a part of. It's a beautiful mystery. And I don't know that I stand in awe of it enough sometimes. And so you and I are called to be in relationship. And then as, as followers of God, as followers of Jesus, we are called also to be in what some people call spiritual friendships. Seems sort of silly to call it that because, anyway, that's, that's, a whole, that's another discussion, but because we're always in the spirit, in my opinion, but to spiritual relationships, what that means is this, is that this relationship is specifically, there's a specific part of this relationship that where, where you spend time talking about the things of the Spirit. How's it going in your prayer life? Are you hearing anything? Are you listening enough? Does God feel near or far or whatever? How's it going with your faith? Like, are you, are you, are you feeling like God's calling you to do something different in the way that you serve or in your work or 
or whatever? Are you, are you troubled by something in the world? Is, God, is God's spirit troubling the water about something, about poverty or about addiction or about homelessness or, or, or just about the person down the street or, 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 or your coworker? I mean, those kinds of conversations. Because what happens is, is then our spirits really touch each other and the Holy Spirit has a chance to bind us together in a different way. And generally, I, I've generally not walked away from those kinds of conversations feeling, feeling worse than when I started. 99.9% of the time, I, just, I feel better. I feel more connected to God. I feel more connected to my friend. I feel more connected to life. But like I said, it, it took until I was over 40 to really get it. And so I'm, I'm glad that I get the excuse to talk about this today in our Marks of Discipleship. We've been talking about our mission, which is reaching out with Christ to an ever-changing world. We've been talking about the vision of each one of us here that part of what we're seeking, and Paul wrote this in, in one of his letters. He said, I don't even have to talk about you anymore. You've become the message. Just your very presence is the message of love and hope and grace and salvation. Could you, wouldn't that be awesome? To be a fly on the wall somewhere and, and there are some people who've, who've worked with you or who've been around you and, and, and they just say, you know, this, that Katie, she just, just she walks in the room and it's grace and it's love and it's intelligence and it's creativity and it just, it, there's just, a, there's just something there. And what Katie knows is that that's because she follows Jesus. But that's not easy. I mean, how do you cultivate that? Well, we've been talking about some of that, that in the marks of discipleship, which again are not checkbox things. It's not like, well, if I pray daily and I worship weekly and I read my Bible and I serve at Westminster and beyond and, I, and I'm in a relationship and, and then I give freely of my time and talents and resources, I'm super Christian. I mean, you could play that game, but it's... it's you know, it's sort of a race to the bottom because, you know, where's the end of that? How much do you have to give to be super Christian, you know? If you give 10% of your income, is that enough? You know? Um, maybe you should give 20%. I mean, it's just, it's like, the old, it's like the old sacrificial system with the Roman gods. Like, you never knew when enough was enough. You were just supposed to, you were just supposed to keep giving, keep giving, keep giving, and just hope that Zeus didn't throw a lightning bolt at you, Right? It's not, it's not the game our God plays. These marks of discipleship are ways of living into relationship with God and with other people and following Jesus on this path. They're pathways to deeper faith. They're pathways to greater connection with God and with other people. And so today we're talking about be in relationship to encourage spiritual growth in others and yourself. I mean, it's really interesting in, in, our, in our culture, we... That, you know, three things are supposedly we're forbidden to talk about, right? What are they? Right. Religion, politics, and money. Oftentimes, I think sex gets thrown in there. What I think is really interesting is in our culture, we actually talk about sex more than we talk about money. So what, what God do we really serve? Well, let's, we could talk about that a little bit. I mean, today we're talking about politics a lot, but I don't know that we're really talking 
We're mostly casting aspersion on the other side. <laughs> At least that's what I hear on, on both sides and all around. We're not really talking about politics or about, or about what we need to do. And also, we don't, we don't really talk about religion or God very much. Because we've all met that person, right? That every conversation is, is, a, is a check of the, of the spiritual dipstick. Are you saved? How's your walk with Jesus? You know, I, when we went to college, there was, a, there was a, a little evangelical movement that happened where they thought that it was cool to drag people out, literally, drag people out of, their, out of their dorm rooms to take them to Bible study. They thought they were doing the work of Jesus. Now, what they were doing is they were doing the work of making people hate Christians. Some of that stuff's still going on today. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is develop, developing relationships with people, starting with people who you know who are already people of faith, maybe people in this church, where you can have a conversation about your, your faith in God and about your faith journey in such a way that you become super comfortable with it. So that then, if and when, sometime the time arises, you're with somebody and you've, you've developed a bit of a relationship with them and maybe they're going through something or maybe they're being challenged by something, and you, and you get to say, you know, you get to say, you know, when I was going through a thing, it was prayer that really helped me, or it was my church that really helped me, or, or I just kept getting on my knees and, or sitting on my stool, and, I, and I, I just felt the presence of God, and, you know, would it be okay if I prayed with you right now? I mean, something like that, that you would be so comfortable that you could tell your story and not in a way that you're trying to get them to do something, you know, that you're just sharing of yourself, becoming the message. Wouldn't that be a cool outgrowth of that? But it starts, I believe, with, with finding another person, at least one other person, where you, can ha- where you can begin to have those conversations and that you make sure that in, in those conversations you're, you're paying attention to the things of faith and of God. That it's not just, hey, how you doing? How are the kids? It's like, okay, well, what's, what's going on with your faith? What's, how, does that, how is that affecting this? Where's God? Is God in any of this? Where is God in any of this? So it's an encouragement. It's an encouragement. And I know you're all busy. And I know that a pastor saying, well, here, do this one more thing is about the last thing you want to hear. But I want to encourage you. Maybe there are some things that you're, that you're having to do or that you're doing right now that you're committed to that, that if, if you let those go a little bit and you, and you put something like this in place, that actually life would just look better, feel better. Because then you know that that person gets you. This is the person you can reach out to when you're really hurting, you know? This is the person that you can come up alongside of. And they can come up alongside of you. Because we all deal, we're all dealing with stuff. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, I, even, even though I've got these relationships, sometimes I feel like I'm out here on an island and nobody cares. And I'm so glad that that's a lie in my life. And I hope that if that is true in your life, that you begin to take some steps 
to change that for yourself because it will connect you even more with the spirit of love and hope and grace. So let me, I'm going to quickly, I stole this from a website. <laughs> so much information out there, it's crazy. So here, here are things that spiritual friends do. They love one another. Huh. They accept one another. Wow. They're loyal to each other. They teach each other. They correct each other. How about that? They share each other's burdens. Wow. They encourage each other. This particular website encouraged this kind of thing is that you, you gather with two other people. They call it three, two, one. Three other, so three people get together for two hours once a month. My encouragement would be just start with one person and see if you can make that happen. And then if you can draw a third one in, great. Because I've tried to schedule three meetings with three people. It's nearly impossible. Two we can do. But, so I just encourage you in that. And, and it's something, and I, I want to follow up on that. And, and it's something, this, this relationship thing is so important to us. As, as the elders prayed and met in, in retreat this year, it's something that we are greatly concerned about in the church and outside the church that we're going to be doing some things this year to try to help people connect within the church and then help us connect also with the groups that are part of our mission. And so be looking for some of those opportunities. You might get invited to a dinner. Say yes. You might have it put on your heart that maybe you want to gather some people more than just one. Go for it. We need more FaceTime, real relationship with each other. Because when you and I have these good relationships, the ripple effects in our community are amazing. We're better at work. We're better if we have a primary love relationship. We're just better. And God, who is a relationship, loves that dynamic and is already part of every relationship that you have. So may you be in relationship to encourage spiritual growth. May you know the love of God for you to the depth of your being that whatever you're going through right now, you are not alone in ever. And may that peace that passes understanding fill your hearts and minds. Amen.